Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024. You heard me? Woo, woo. Wah. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's going to be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is always a delight to spend time with you. Thank you for being part of our family. So I got this headline over the weekend, immediately caught my attention. When was the last time, and obviously you know better than anybody, when was the last time you actually sat down and watched the news? When was the last time you you honestly opened up a newspaper and read quote-unquote the news? It has been a long time for me. Long time. Now I have subscriptions out the wazoo. We pay attention, all sorts of uh, right-wing, left-wing, you name it, different sources. But really in terms of sitting down and making it a point to pay attention to what these people say. For me, it's been years. Six or seven. Probably when I got fired from my TV, sh- my TV job. People are paying attention. And you can't deny... The numbers, when you're the Washington Post, and nobody's buying what you're selling. Here's your headline. The Washington Post is in full-scale collapse. Now, why would that be? Who do you have? You've got billionaire Jeff Bezos. How is it possible that obviously the guy who created Amazon, which... As much as I'm not a fan of Jeff Bezos and some of his personal decisions, his woke BS, you have to marvel at Amazon. You do. You have to marvel at his creation of of something that's just a Goliath. That said, my admiration ends there. Is the Washington Post in full-scale collapse? A recent look at the numbers provides a fairly convincing answer to that question. According to the report, not only is the Post losing, how much do you guys think is a lot? What's the number? A hundred million dollars a year. (laughs) Can you imagine being able to lose a hundred million dollars a year and be like, eh, I mean, okay. (laughs) A hundred, lost a hundred million dollars a year, but it lost over half of its online engagement. By the end of 2023. Look, these companies, I just don't understand. These are very smart people. People are not buying the woke, toxic, liberal, 
garbage that you're putting out there? How many losses do you need before you look in the mirror and say, uh, you know, this isn't working. Uh, and $100 million is a lot of money. The signs were already there by mid-year, and the worst has come to pass. In addition to churning subscribers, there's a guy who's quoted on here. His name is Josh Kroshauer. I guess he's a journalist for something called Puck News. You need to have a subscription. I was too cheap to just to watch it, so I didn't do it. <laughs> he says, in addition to churning subscribers and losing $100 million a year, the Washington Post is also failing to engage audiences. Four years ago, the Post boasted 139 million monthly visitors. By the end of last year, it had less than 60 million. <gasps> what? More than in half. Cut more than in half. Of that audience, less than one in five reads more than a single article per month. Well, fewer than one in 500 actually converts to a paying subscription. I'm one of the schmucks who actually has one. We use it for research. That's what I say to my account. It's research. The data, and yes, it really is that bad suggests that the Post is not only suffering from the absence of a coherent business plan, but is also suffering from a profound product problem. Well, you know, having a billionaire sugar daddy has certainly helped mask some of the issues plaguing the Washington Post, but the tide can only be held back for so long. To lose more than half of your online viewership is totally catastrophic for anyone. Subscriber numbers have also nosedived throughout the Biden administration. What are some of the problems? Well, you've got multiple, let's see, Taylor Lorenz. Let's just put that out there. She has done more to harm the Washington Post and their credibility in the last few years as she's worked there than any other quote unquote journalist at the outlet. She's also been caught committing multiple ethical violations dealing with her quote unquote stories and the responses from her employers has been non-existent. She's the clown who doxed and outed the libs of TikTok founder, went to her door, went to her parents' door and tried to out her and then has had her, <laughs> right? Her online presence of liberal suck. There's no reason to think that this ship that has gone down, it's not just sinking, it's sunk, can be brought back up from the, from the abyss. It's not just the paper, though. How bad has broadcast TV become? Oh. Stats show nobody is watching anything besides the NFL. Wait, what? Redstate.com. The plight of broadcast TV prospects has been woeful for years already. Cord cutting, while acknowledged and battled by some time and battled for some time, has actually accelerated in the past couple of years. The carriage dispute between Disney and Spectrum in the fall of 2023 clearly reflected this as the cable provider was not attempting to strong or was not attempting to strong on the entertainment giant simply could not afford any higher fees due to customer flight. People are bailing. They don't like what's out there with more people jumping to streaming. Doo -doo 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 -doo. 
The four major networks have experienced severe erosion with the annual top series outside of tops or sports programming, not able to average more than 10 million viewers per episode. Things were made worse with the Hollywood strike, diminishing new content. But over the past years, football has ruled. And in 2023, that turned into sheer domination. Look at this ratings statistic of the top 100 rated broadcasts in 2023. This is according to Nielsen. 93 of those were NFL games. <laughs> what? 93 out of the top 100 rated broadcasts last year were NFL games. The overtaking of the airwaves is even more remarkable when you see that few programs had managed to worm onto the list. They were special broadcasts. Three NCAA football games got in there, as did the Super Bowl post-game coverage. So apart from that sport, football, all else you'll find is three differing entries. One, the State of the Union. <laughs> Two, the Oscars. I don't know which is worse. And three, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Three of 100 of the highest-rated broadcasts of 2023, only three had nothing to do with football. What? That is crazy. This makes it for the first time that one sport occupied the top 100 in a year. This is the first time that's happened. The closest other competitions managed were the NCAA basketball final at the 101st position. The Kentucky Derby landed at 106th. And the highest NBA Finals game came in 130th. As for broadcast TV offerings, they'd rather we don't look into the matter. The best you can get for scheduled fare, 60 minutes, which averages around, I guess, 8 to 9 million views per episode. Those figures are boosted in the fall with its NFL lead-in, driving it close to 10 million per broadcast. And even so, it lands at 136th position for the year. The Hollywood strike meant no scripted programming even managed to land in the top 200. The highest ranking dramatic show to be found was Yellowstone, a repeat of the show that originated on the Paramount Plus streaming platform, debuting on CBS with just under 7 million in the audience. Trying to blame the strike, though, doesn't really work. The football saturation has been in effect for years. People are not tuning in to what they are selling. While all of this does not exactly show that broadcast TV is dead, it's become a dramatic wasteland, and it explains why so many studios are sinking billions of dollars into the new streaming format that few, if any, have managed to find a way to stop losing billions of dollars in the process is another matter entirely. People are done. You're finding your favorite places, your favorite broadcasts, your favorite live stream shows like this one. And you're turning off the television. What? Amazing. All right. So when we come back, how many of you belong to AARP? Did you get what these guys are telling? They're 38 million members. They dropped this over the weekend. Happy New Year. I'll tell you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, and I think the... the Dangerous 
the dangerous suggestions out there that are not based in science, that are not based in data, that are based in, oops, we took money from the government, so we have to, scares me. The AARP, 38 million members. Over the age of 50, 50 and above, like white on rice, you turn 50 and boom, there is a welcome at your doorstep from AARP. Alex Berenson Substack says this, the AARP just told its 38 million members to get an eighth shot of mRNA. Uh, Come on. Come on. That is so offensive to me on so many levels. This is what it says. The lobbying group for older Americans just told its nearly 38 million members to hustle for another COVID jab, even if they've already had five boosters. You're due for your sixth. Eight shots. I see the article right here. Let me read it. I'm up to five COVID boosters. Should I really be signing up for yet another shot now? It's in their magazine. COVID-19 is the headline. I'm up to five COVID boosters. Should I really be signing up for another shot now? Like a dear, like a dear Abby. My husband's been cheating on me for 10 years. Should I divorce him? Yes. (laughs) Right? Same sort of story. Not as salacious, but deeply damaging and disturbing. The answer. Yes. If you didn't get a COVID vaccine this fall, you need to hustle and catch up. The most recent shot, which was released in September 2023, isn't actually a booster. It's a new vaccine that targets the latest variants. The hell does that mean? What variants are you talking about? You mean the new one that's about to drop soon so we're all totally freaked out and forced to vote from, uh, from home? That variant, those variants, is that what we're going with here? And how would the AARP know about that? So even if you got the previous booster, it says, you're not fully protected from the current versions of the virus. Researchers who study the virus predict, oh boy, that's what I want my science to do. I wanted to make guesses. Well, we're not sure, but we're thinking you're going to die without it. So I think you should probably get it. Oh, perfect. Researchers who study the virus predict that COVID will continue to circulate throughout the winter, along with flu, RSV, and other viruses that sent hundreds of thousands of older adults to the hospital each year. Scaremongering of suck. Quote, one thing that we've learned over the past three and a half years is that the coronavirus isn't a seasonal virus like the flu is. It's with us constantly said David Montefiore, director of the Laboratory for AIDS Vaccine Research and Development at Duke University Medical Center. Oh, I would totally, totally trust that then. And as immunity wanes in the population, we're going to continue to see increased numbers of infections and associate, associated increases in hospitalizations and deaths. That's called fear-mongering. You know, why doesn't anybody ever say, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I suggest. How about a sit-up and a salad? How about everybody loses 30 pounds and starts working out a little bit, right? How about as a collective, as a country, we have a greatest loser competition. We could do it at the state level. We could go East Coast to West Coast. We could do it by zip code. We could do it by all sorts of things. Why don't we ever do anything that is 
healthy, that is good for us? Why do you always need to get a shot, take a pill, need a doctor, get a prescription? Because that's what BlackRock and Vanguard want. You're the piggy bank. You're the Cupid doll. You're the pincushion. You're the injection site. You're the gravy train. How, hope, how hopefully and woefully disingenuous is this? There's no counter story. There's nobody who says, you know what? We don't really think that you need to keep injecting yourself with stuff. We think that you're probably okay. How about some of these stories on Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s site? The Defender, childrenselfdefense.org. Autism Tsunami. Society's cost to care for expanding aging autism population will hit $5.54 trillion by 2060. Seems like they need a lot of people to, to have autism. How about this? Two doses of COVID vaccine may increase risk of long COVID symptoms. Huh. How about this headline? COVID vaccines may cause MS and heavy metals raise autism risk and more. Why isn't AARP giving you the counter story? Why do I have to hunt and peck for what the scientists who work with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his platform are telling us about, quote unquote, the science? That's scary. AARP, how dare you? I mean, only your doctor, of course, can tell you what you should or should not do. And then only you have the ability to decide if that's what you want to do. But at some point, at eight shots, do people say, you know what, Houston? I'm getting off crazy train. This doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. Hello? Because it's not right. How about the jobs data? You know, one of the big things the Biden administration says it's done well is create all sorts of new jobs. Wah, wah. Maybe not. The real story and what they've really done. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So I saw a headline on the New York, New York Times on the website <clears throat> on Friday afternoon. I know I have a sexy life. This was the headline. Employers added 216,000 jobs with unemployment steady at 3.7%. Wow, that sounds, sounds pretty good. Now, I will freely admit to you, I am not a huge markets person. I don't, I don't pay close attention to stocks. And I don't pay close attention to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. These are realms in and of themselves. And people who, who play in these fields understand the lingo. They understand how it's all connected. And oftentimes, they have a difficult time boiling it down to dummies like me so I understand what the hell's going on. What I know is one of the only things that this administration has to trumpet as any kind of a positive over the last several years is the jobs. They say, Joe Biden says it all the time, I created 14 million new jobs. Well, we know that's bogus. Because you can't have a, a closed economy reopen, have people rejoin the workforce and then take credit for that. Especially not if you're part of the, of the problem that shut them down. But clearly that's what Joe Biden has done. But this is his thing, the jobs thing. We've gotten more people getting good jobs, good, well-paying jobs, jobs that you can support your family on. It's, it's garbage. It's demonstrable garbage. And, and I'm going to prove it to you. Let me read a little bit of this New York Times uh, BS Right. So you can see the jumping off point. 
Here we go. And you might think this is super duper boring. Why do I care? Well, you care because it's more lying, more fudging numbers, more revising estimates later when you aren't paying attention. But there are people who are. So here's the New York Times. Employers added 216,000 jobs with unemployment steady at 3.7%. The labor market ended the year with a bang. Employers added 216,000 jobs in December on a seasonally adjusted basis, meaning, of course, there are a lot of jobs out there because it's Christmas, right? And so there are a lot of part-time positions. People work a lot during the holidays, so it's normal. The Labor Department reported on Friday surpassing the expectations of economists. It was the 36th consecutive month of gains. Wow, 36 months. How long has the Biden administration been working? 36 months? Every single month they saw gains? That's really impressive, you're supposed to believe. Altogether, the U.S. economy added roughly 2.7 million jobs over the past year. That's a smaller gain than the years prior during the economy's initial resurgence, blah, blah, blah. Yet, the gains of 2023 are still stronger than those in the late 2010s. That's the New York Times. Hmm. That's not really what we got, though. Theburningplatform.com. Never heard of it? Reading from it now. And they prove all this stuff, and it's all clickable for you. So here we go. Inside the catastrophic jobs report. Now, wait a minute. The New York Times just told us this was big. 216,000 stronger than the late 2010s. This is huge. Not so. Would you guys be surprised if I told you that all of the jobs created over the past four years have been exclusively for foreign-born workers? Is that possible? (laughs) Yeah. Inside the catastrophic jobs report, a record 1.5 million crash in full-time jobs. One and a half million fewer people are working full-time jobs now? And multiple job holders soar to a record. Native-born workers plunge and much more. We are hemorrhaging jobs in this country. People are not working. They're not working full-time jobs that give them benefits. They're working multiple part-time jobs that doesn't cover those expenses. While the prevailing post-payrolls narrative has focused on the surprisingly strong headline payrolls number, again, 216,000, this is not only came above most estimates, but was the highest in four months, blah, blah, blah. They dig into this, into this story that we should be saying, hooray, all these people are, job- are getting jobs. Not so. The government overinflated the initial jobs report every single month of 2023. What does that mean? So it comes out, and on the predetermined date of each month, is it the first day or the last day? I don't know. It is a day that the jobs report comes out. And the government comes out, and they beat the drum, and they say, hey, In January of 2023, did you guys realize that we added 517,000 jobs to the payrolls? (gasps) Wow. 
Then about a month later, something happens. Quietly, they change the number. What did they change it to? Well, from 517 to 504,000. And then about a month later, a second revision, 472,000. So while you guys weren't paying attention and nobody was reporting on it, the difference from the original reading dropped 45,000 jobs. How about February? Oh my gosh, we added 311,000 new jobs. No, not really. Two revisions later, that number was reduced by 63,000. March, 203,000 new jobs created. Oh my gosh. Not so. Down 19,000 jobs when an actual number was provided. Do you see what they do? This is like the DMED data. The Department of Defense. Taking a look at all of the vaccine injuries. Allegedly, right? All of a sudden, a very healthy population, the U.S. military, is having these sky-high catastrophic cancers, heart problems, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre. Women are suffering miscarriages. What's going on? The numbers are sky high. How do you, how do you defend that? How do you explain that? Without everybody saying, the only thing that was entered into our population was forced vaccines. The government comes out, scrambles, lies, comes out with new numbers and blames a software er error, some kind of a coding glitch. No, 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 no. That's not really what it was. It was something else. This is what they're doing in reverse. They're going to come out and say, oh, my gosh, we have all these wonderful new jobs. This is so wonderful. And the Fed adjusts its rates or hangs out there with things where they are with inflation and mortgage rates, right? And then while you're not paying attention, two months later, they take away all of those gains because they never happened. The biggest month of offense, June 2023. They came out and said, oh, my gosh, we created 209,000 jobs this month. The economy is so great. Forget inflation. Everything is going beautifully. Just look at the jobs numbers. That's all you need to know about. Two months later, that 209,000 was adjusted down to 105. They took away 104,000 jobs that they had lied to the American people about. All told, and I added it up, 535,000 fewer jobs than they originally reported. The government has gone back months later and revised the numbers. They lied to us. Everything is good, they say. This is the predicate for Janet Yellen now saying, it looks like we're going to have a soft landing. All of the rhetoric that you're going to hear coming out in the days ahead. What about inflation? What about this? What about that? No, no, no. Job numbers are strong. It's going to be a soft landing. Yeah, things ticked up. Uh, we've been to blame COVID. There were some supply issues, but you know, that was the virus. Ah, it was difficult. But look, everything's getting so much better. Do not fall for it because they are lying to your face. And what goes on in this article that I'm so glad those of you who have joined our locals page on the Wendy Bell Radio Network app and join us and follow us there. I've got all of the links to these articles and they show that the, hmm, this is crazy, putting it all together. 
If you believe the headlines, in December, the U.S. added 216,000 payrolls, so jobs, right? Which included a record number of double-counted multiple job holders. And yet the number of employed workers actually crashed by 683,000. It's the biggest drop in four years. And they're lying to you. Furthermore, taking a closer look at the composition, we find that in December, the number of well-paid full-time workers collapsed by a record, a near record, 1.5 million. That means people who used to have full-time, good-paying jobs aren't working those jobs anymore. They're working multiple part-time jobs, ladies and gentlemen. The number of well-paid full-time workers collapsed by a near record 1.5 million, offset by 762,000 more part-time workers. As for the balance, it was the 228,000 people who discovered last month that to keep up with the economic miracle that is Bidenomics, they needed to work at least one more job. This is by design. Have you scrambling, scrapping, making everything so expensive that you need to be burdened down by another job? And then lying to you and trying to take a victory lap as though this is something your phenomenal plans, economically speaking, have created. That not a single job over the past four years that has been created has gone to a Native American, somebody here who was born in this country. They're all being filled by migrants and illegals coming across the border, ladies and gentlemen. So the next time your federal government tries to pat itself on the back and Joe Biden stands up there to warn you about a winter of darkness and doom, but hallelujah for the jobs. Do know that they've been lying to you consistently for years. The best part of the program is three minutes away. Two videos that will lift your spirits. That, I guarantee, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So I don't normally play a lot, a lot, a lot of videos out there because it's difficult to hear the translation on the radio. So we live stream or on television. Yes, but our radio outlet, that is really where we want to cater to people who can hear instead of seeing what we're talking about. So I have to be very particular about the videos we select so people on the radio can understand what's going on. This meme by the Dilly meme meme team. We've had Brendan Dilly on the show. He is so talented. They put together a Paul Harvey, Why God Gave Us Farmers. It was a beautiful decades ago narrative about how important farmers are. And somehow using technology and skill and just his brain, Brendan Dilly and the Dilly meme team made a why God gave us Trump. Okay, it is beautiful and is twisting the left in circles, which is fantastic. I want you to listen to this because it's so moving. And this isn't even the most powerful video I want to end with. So let's start with this. Why, why, when God or why God gave us Trump. Here we go. And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. 
God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame, cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon, and mean it. So God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe, but wield a sword, who had the courage to step foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation, will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips, and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack, a man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country, somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. And then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. Oh, it's just awesome. The imagery is fantastic, and it's all of the things in your mind's eye that you can imagine. The things that we miss. Having someone who represents we the people, who shares our values, who shares our vision, who backs down to no one. We have that. And they know it. I think the story of the weekend, though, was very special. And it was a victory for Team USA, USA Junior Hockey. Team USA Junior Hockey beating Sweden 6-2 to two in the World Juniors Gold Medal Championship game. Now, I'm not going to tell you who scored what goal. I'm not going to tell you how it went. I'm going to take you to the finish line. To that final moment that moves the spirit inside of your chest. When the American flag is raised higher than the other two. And when that moment that your anthem is played. The joy of these young men singing the national anthem, arms around each other with glee. The camera moves down the line of them at center ice. You can see it in your eyes, in your mind, when you hear their joy. Listen. Listen. 
gosh it is so fantastic there are no finer colors than red white and blue there is no finer song than that and there is no better look than the smile on an athlete's face when they have done what many thought was unthinkable and undoable and joy joy if that doesn't give you chills my friends you're probably a Democrat. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Such a beautiful way to wrap up our show. Thank you so very much for being a part of it. Remember, we're here every single day, three hours a day, right? Hope you come back for more. Be part of our family again. Until then, take care and peace. Peace.